welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Soroyce. With me, as always, my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Hi, hi, Pat. Sorry. I was waiting for you to say how you're doing, because sometimes you do, oh, and yeah. sometimes you don't. <laughs> And I got I got nervous. Anyway, no, uh, hi. Hey, <laughs> hello. How are you? Uh, no, I. Man, I I do that because there are times where I'll be like, "Hey, uh, Kath, how you doing?" There's times where I say, "Kath Barbadoro." I Look, uh, you like to mix it up. I get I it. know. Yeah, yeah. I don't want, want people keep things fresh. I don't want people to hear the same episode every time. You know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, I am good. Uh, the weather was really nice here today. So, yeah. Um, People actually like had a little bit of serotonin in their brains. So yeah, today was all right. How are you? I, I'm good. The weather was really nice here, which was a welcomed relief from. Uh... Yeah, man, this is uh, so this episode's coming out in in March. So this will be a little bit behind us at this point. But Pat just lived through an apocalypse. So... <laughs> Yo, for, it was wild. That was without like I lived on the East Coast when uh, fucking Sandy happened and mm-hmm. like. That didn't really that that didn't this was this was nuts, man. This was the like um it's wild that it's the second time I saw that shit in less than a calendar year. Uh, you know, and people just like although this was way worse than anything I saw during the pandemic. Like this was just insanity. Um, on top of the fact that it was, you know, like you know, winter death outside. Um just like the the massive power loss, but just like people being outside, long lines at the H E B. It was it's really cool that, like, in less than 365 days, I got to saw society unravel twice for two different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to stand in bread lines twice. Very yeah. cool. Love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it, man. Um, no, it was, it was crazy. So it started on uh, on Sunday or Monday morning, which if Monday, if Monday morning or Sunday night, that's what I call it. Uh, so uh, it happened on Monday morning, and it was Valentine's Day Sunday night. So I'm over here at my girl's place, you know, we're hanging out, things are going good. We know the power is gonna come off, and they send us a um they sent us a uh a text message that was like, Hey, you know, it's just it was like the power company was like, Hey, you know, it's uh usually rolling blackouts are like fifteen to forty five minutes. And I've never got one of those before, and I was like, mm-hmm. watch, this shit's gonna be like a day and a half. Cause I was like, nobody's ever sent me a message telling me to expect it before, you know. So I just kind of felt yeah, that was yeah. weird. And so sure enough, it was kind of weird because the power went off. And it didn't come back on till Thursday. Like, it was insane. Yeah. Almost a week, right? Yeah. So yeah. It was almost, almost Monday was, night, Sunday, it was a full Sunday work night week. to Thursday. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then, like, as far as places being usable, like, for having, like, both power and water. Um, let's see. I did uh, an outdoor show Monday and saw a good friend of the show, Ashley Overton. And, uh, and, she who lives in like you know a, a fairly nice place was like yeah my shit's both still not on you know so like like both of my stuff is still and that this was past just, week so that was that yeah, was it, february 22nd so that's a full yeah. week after this happened yeah she did not have power or water yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. or so she had i'm sorry she had power but no water yet but like mm-hmm. there are but yeah as far as having like both the things you need to have like a modern, uh, modern home, you know, like, like, like power and yeah. water. Uh, yeah. There was people who for a week did not have both back. Um, food was so wild. Now that short. you've gone through it, if you had to pick one, would you rather have power back or water? Uh, water. Um, water? I don't, yeah, I, yeah, I don't mind being, That's power. What I would pick too, I think. Yeah. As long as it's cold, like cause it was, it was freezing fucking cold outside. So I was in here sweating, which is tight. Cause if that would have happened yeah. during summer, N- no power during summer in Texas would be really, really tough. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be like, that. there'd be, there was death this time around for sure, but that would be like yeah. catastrophic. Like that's, that's like old people like pass away when that shit happens down here. So, yeah. I mean, that's what I was like, I was trying to explain to people up here and uh, the point has been made a lot, uh, by people outside of Texas, but like it's the houses there are not like I've lost power in a snowstorm in New England before. And it's definitely scary. It's definitely like not fun and feels like, you know, a disaster that you need help from. But also like the houses are built with the knowledge that it gets cold. (laughs) So like there's insulation, there's um, you can go in a basement, which will like lose heat slower. Like Texas doesn't have basements. There are no like, there's nobody even has like a fireplace or anything. Like it's just, it's a completely (laughs) different situation. Yeah, man. uh, I'm glad you made it through. I'm glad everything's okay. 
Yeah, you're gonna. You guys are gonna be hearing some like over the next couple months. This is gonna be discussed, I'd imagine. And uh, you guys are gonna hear. I just want to let you know over here from me first. Like it sucked. It was as bad as they say it is. If anybody tries to downplay it and say things weren't that bad, they're fucking lying or they were in Cancun. That's that's one. Like, that's, <laughs> no, yeah. like, it, it was actually bad down here. And I lived in the East Coast for three years. You know, I lived in Germany. Like I know, like winters can get bad, but like that shit was like. Especially where I lived at, I live on, you know, I live on, on an area of town where a lot of people are on foot. It's not, you know, not the most economically advantaged part of town. And right. a lot of people are on foot. And we went to go to the HEB one day and it was closed. And it was like we were able to go to the HEB further up because we had access to a vehicle. But tons right. of people, tons of people don't. And like there was like, it, it was like that's the HEB that stayed shut down. They had a dude out front. Like, and I, I respect and love HEB with everything that's in my heart. You know, cause sure. Like, of like, course. Like any, yeah. anybody who's lived in Texas, you got to love HEB. But yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, damn, yo. And I was like, there was some parts where I was like, things aren't that bad for me now, but I was like, yo, day three when like you still couldn't get into like major grocery stores and shit like that. And there was mm-hmm. like small businesses that were closed that had, I could see food through the glass. I was like, man, if I was in a situation where it was feed my kid, or, or, like, walk in the snow. I'm on foot. I had to walk to, you know, Mueller, you know, the Mueller HEB or whatever, or Hancock Center HEB, which is on foot. These are, like we're an, talking, like, miles away. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, an hour and a half on foot. Like, hour and a half, two hours on foot. In traffic where cars are constantly running off the road and into the grass, it's, like, being a pedestrian's not safe because you could right. slip or get hit by an out-of-control vehicle. And so if the choice was to walk there to get food or, like, there's a store right here and I can see food on the other side of the glass – a brick would have been through that fucking window. Like, I don't absolutely, know, like, I don't know how I'm, else I'm to put sh- it. I'm shocked that didn't happen because like it is, it, it, it is. Yeah. When you're thinking and it's like, it's not, you know, like looting in these situations is always portrayed as some, as some like mob that defies all logic. And it's like, no, that is a logical yeah. <laughs> decision yeah. to come to, to loot an HEB that's closed yeah. In the middle of a blizzard. <laughs> like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, total but. sense. And it was just, yeah, it was such a wild little event. And um, and I mean, the first day was fun. It was like the first day, like, I was like. Sure, I it's my, like a snow yeah, day. Yeah, I saw I, videos of people skiing. Like, it was uh, cute. <laughs> I had my construction headlamp on and I just like lit the stove up with the lighter. You know, like like it's a gas stove. Lit it up with the lighter. Had some steaks already defrosted. And I was cooking steaks with like, in, you know, in the dark with my yeah. headlamp. It was fun. And, like, it reminded me of a time that me and a friend of mine named Turtle got arrested. And the first night we were all drunk. We were like, oh, yeah, whatever. Ha ha. cracking jokes. And then fell asleep and then woke up. And my friend Turtle put it beautifully. He said, this shit ain't funny anymore. You know? <laughs> and so, <laughs> that was what, that was what I, I remembered. So, um, yeah, that's what happened, guys. So thanks for a lot of people checked in on me and checked in on the scene. And that was cool. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, we're, we're all glad you made it through. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it, it is like, I'm, and obviously our listeners are good people who wouldn't think this way, but like anybody who was, who, who thinks this situation is unique. Like if you live in America, that could be any of us tomorrow. Like that is what happened in Texas is like a, like, yes, they're on their own power grid. Like there are reasons that Texas was hard hit, but it's like this whole country is held together by a fucking Hope and a prayer and some dental floss and chewing gum. Like, we're all <laughs> yeah. fucked if, if something wait, like this wait. happens. So, Y'all got like, gum? Oh, shit. I didn't get any <laughs> Damn, so, yeah. must be nice. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad we're, you have power, you have water. Yeah, I got cord. We're good. Yeah. I'm glad. And I, I, I want to talk uh, about another time that the uh, that public works have just completely failed people um, in this calendar year, <laughs> so which we're not far into. So another another feel good episode from the folks here at Live Sheet and Steel. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk today about the the debacle surrounding the nonprofit. Non heavy quotes on nonprofit. Uh, the alleged um, nonprofit. The, the alleged. Actually, well, it's no longer even alleged. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. So, uh, basically, I'm talking, of course, about the uh, Tech Bro Vaccination Startup uh, Company uh, known as uh, um, Philly Fighting COVID. And Philly Fighting COVID. Okay. Philly Fighting. I don't know if yeah, you've seen it. Yeah, that already sounds like something that would sell me a counterfeit. And ninety five. Yeah, like I already don't trust it. Yeah, too who, many who, words in your name. Sorry. Yeah, and, and who uh, who the, the, as their founder, twenty uh, two year old 
I'm gonna hit you with that one more time. 22 Oof. year old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I remember there's a Bible verse. It's First Timothy 4:12. Do not let others look down on you because you are young. And when I was a kid and I still was in the church and stuff, I was like, "Man, that's a really cool Bible verse." And now that I'm older, I'm like, "No, fuck that verse." Like, like it's 20- now you're like, "Church is dumb, and <laughs> yeah, this yeah. verse is dumb." 22 year olds have no business for like literally running the entire vaccine rollout for a major American city. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's fair. I don't think that's an ageist uh, assertion that maybe no. there should be some oversight by, by someone older than 22. I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. And there was in, in there may be like in, in the corporate um, you know hierarchy of stuff like this doesn't get reported on. Maybe there were some older folks out there, but I know the startup company itself was ran. Uh, well, I mean, hell, we'll just dive right in here. And we'll talk about, again, it's Philly fighting COVID. It started by 22-year-old uh, Andre DeRoshan. Now, uh, Andre DeRoshan is a, currently a grad student in psychology at Drexel University. Shout out, Drexel. Uh, we did a show, uh, or like I think a year ago, about that Philadelphia Bonnie and Clyde power scammer couple. Yeah, they went, the lady went to Drexel. Yeah, 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 yeah. So shout out, shout out. <laughs> I know Drexel because that's where the Megabus drops you off when you uh, take the Megabus from New York to Philly. It drops you off at Drexel. So Oh, tight, tight. I'm very aware from its like weird somewhat creepy uh bus station loading area oh yeah that's funny drexel still has a school bus i know it's not a school bus <laughs> so this thing uh this group started it goes back uh we're gonna go with the way way back machine back to april 17th 2020 or at least a, a article from april 17th 2020 uh talking about the startup the startup of this group basically a group of friends uh head by headed by andre derotion a uh they 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 were a group of uh, you know computer scientists. Uh, he he himself is a, is a student in psychology, but basically they were they were skillful with three D printers and they wanted to help because at the time, if you remember when the vaccine first hit, huge shortage of like personal protective equipment and PPE. That was a shortage yeah. short everywhere. At the time, I was working at Pratt, which is um, an art school, an art and design school, and so they have a bunch of three D printers there, and that was like one of the first things that was happening was they started printing uh, PPE with their, their 3D printers, like face shields and stuff. So I'm somewhat familiar with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I were reading these stories and stuff. And uh, so founder uh, Andre Dorshin and his friends, uh, they started they started doing this exact thing. They started cranking these out. They made a group called uh, Philly Fighting COVID. And really, that was their first their first endeavor was the was printing of PPE. Uh, the founder, Andre DeRoshan, kind of the center point of our story today, a Drexel neuroscience graduate student. So uh, this is uh, from, an, from an article describing. It says they're also designing new new devices. He said, this is fresh off the press, holding up a drawing. We're actually going to be making these, which are mask shield combos. These would help, in theory, with the current N95 mask shortage. Kid sounded motivated. You know, he sounded like he was trying to make a difference. Sure. Uh, DeRoshan says an open source code to print shields and masks had been, had been posted on the Philly Fighting COVID website. Of course, they were calling on anybody with a 3D printer to download it and start making these masks. And, like, we're going to get into a real big, heavy dose of stay in your lane here. We, we talk mm. about that on the show a lot. It's stay in your lane. If my yeah. man would have kept making PPE using open source plans that he was distributing to people with 3D printers, like, hey, what I think I think you would have been a great <laughs> I think you would have been a great asset to your city in its fight against spreading COVID nineteen. Sure, uh, yeah, you you would have been a pandemic hero, and uh, but yeah, like. Like so many of the cautionary tale stories we tell on this, it's, it sounds like somebody's good works are going to go to their head and they're going to uh, decide that they are competent in ways that they are probably not competent. Yeah, I, I will say to, to Derosian's defense, I, I think he like he never got so he didn't go to Uganda and start a school, but he right. ba- yeah he basically thought that yeah yeah he thought his company had had more to offer to the world uh, than making masks, but it seems like the only thing he thought they had to offer to the world was depositing like cartoonishly large sacks of money with dollar bill signs on them because that was like it wasn't like he stepped forward like with any kind of like white knighted thing where he was like we're gonna we're gonna well like, again as we say a lot of the show we'll get into it. All right, so yeah, the group will also be was also sanitized shields that give the hospitals right away. They were taking orders all up and down the East Coast. And the next thing that Philly Fighting COVID did that was like really what put them on the map with again, you know, doing good things was they did open up a testing center in an underserved part of Philadelphia. 
So they're you know they're in there. So they're they're doing testing. They're making PPE. I mean, at this point, so that, th- how is that like? Do you have any info on like how that worked? Because that seems like a weird, like that seems like if your if your whole thing is printing stuff on three D printers, you yeah. don't necessarily immediately then. Like testing center does not seem like the most practical move to make, you know, like how did they have access to the kind of stuff you would need to run a testing center? Well, uh, Deroshan's given a few different accounts of that. He did say that he borrowed $250,000 from a family friend. Um, and then using that $250,000, uh, just secured testing sites in the same way that you would start a, a uh, like a, like a, a small business or a nonprofit. He secured. He did. He did it through work with like uh, community websites and mm-hmm. our, our community planning groups to help get these things out into what was an underserved uh, underserved area. And he did work with health professionals. Uh, he worked side by you know, I don't know about side by side, but he did employ or at least uh, secure the services of health of health officials, people who had passed outside. Um, you know, outside testing to, 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 to administer right. these tests. Yeah, he, he, it wasn't like a fly-by-night operation. Like, he really did get um, certified, you know, health professionals to, to administer these tests and stuff yes. like that. That makes sense. However, it is very uh, unsettling to me that all it takes to do this is to just have $250,000 <laughs> and you can just b- buy on the open market all of the things you need to run a testing center. That yeah, is, yeah. That is odd. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I know where we live, and I know that that is how healthcare works, but it is very strange to think about. Yeah, it um, is. It is weird. I, I I saw these little like like they they put them in little uh, shipping containers. They're all over Austin, where it's like a rapid testing center. Come on in, and mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like, okay, I've been lured into a shipping container before, and with much of worse turnout. No, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you know what? Second time, shame on you as well. I'm doing it. Let's go. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I uh, I saw those, and I get I had to get a COVID test recently. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll go to this, uh, one of these little shells. And it was like, oh, that's yeah, $175. I was like, God damn it. No. <laughs> like, so, yeah. So I ended yeah, up going, they, scam. they were doing free ones at a, uh, at an empty CVS in, uh, Round Rock, Texas. Shout out. So, oh, also your boy, big negative. Uh, anyway, Hell <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, so that's what, that's what he started. And he did run that clinic to, with a degree of efficacy and success. Sure, yeah. It was it was on the up and up. It was giving people accurate results, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And he goes on to talk about this in a Health Day article. He, he mentions how he said, we looked and looked and looked and we couldn't find a viable business plan for vaccinations. He was like, there is, we found one where if we were to do, and he said like a a very large number of vaccinations, then we could see it become viable. Uh, Of course, by viable, I'm pretty sure it means turn a profit. And profitable. Yeah. Yeah. Profitable, which again, it's so interesting (laughs) that his, his idea is like, it's so interesting that no one's thought to make a profit off of this. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, yes, they have. (laughs) But second of all, like, they shouldn't. Like, no, it's, yeah, okay. Anyway, that's just interesting that he would admit that. Yeah, it was also kind of funny how he said that, like, I mean, the only way I'm going to turn a profit at doing those vaccinations is if I give out, like, or testing. The only way I'm going to turn a profit testing is if I give out, like, I don't know, like 100,000 tests or something. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) You you said vaccinations. Is he talking about testing or vaccinations when he's talking about a viable plan for... Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, he was talking in the health day thing about about making the jump from doing testing to doing vaccinations. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, so he said yeah, he's like he's like the only way to do to get to make this viable was to do, uh, you know, I don't know the number, but it was a lot of testing. Which at the end of the day, like, I think that would also be a good thing though. Like you know, I, I mean, if, if if you get money out of it eventually, that's whatever. But the fact that you're testing a bunch of people, I mean, doesn't have a negative impact. I would imagine. I'm I'm uh, sorry. I'm confused. So. He's talking about the viability of vaccinations, and he's saying the only way to make vaccination viable is to do testing? No, 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 no. The only way to make um, testing viable, because at this point he was just running a site that made he, he made PPE with 3D printers, and he had a site that was doing um, testing. And that was it. And he's telling this as, as, at the, during this interview is kind of like a rags to riches thing. He's like, not rags to riches, but kind of like a business move. Like, yeah, I was doing this. We were doing this. And we were like, how do we make this viable? And okay. he said the, the only way that doing testing would become financially viable is if you did so many tests. That if you could administer this many, then that would offset the costs. Right. So he decided okay. that the next move to make was to move into vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes so, sense. Yeah. So at this point... Um, 
around at that's what he was doing it since at April they made news for the PPE. Uh then it's just, you know, it's kinda it's kinda dead at that point. Not a lot of news stories coming out about him. And then on October seventh, two thousand and twenty, uh you find this is when he was reported to have had a gathering of fifteen of the staff's nonprofit members and volunteers on a Philadelphia rooftop rooftop to show them a fancy PowerPoint. And many people joined via live stream to watch him unveil his plan to vaccinate the city of Philadelphia. And there's audio of this you can go listen to. So this isn't just like somebody's first hand account, like this is recorded. And uh, so he says, in slide after slide, he laid out his vision with colorful graphics and even maps covering all aspects of a vaccination system, from scheduling to staffing to safety protocols. The marketing plan hinged on inoculating local celebrities like rapper Meek Mill, a Philadelphia native, in order to attract his fan base. So he was going to like... Okay, that like kind of makes sense to me because I I was in Philadelphia the weekend Meek Mill got out of jail and it was like... A holiday. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Dude's got the whole he city got, behind him. He got him. like pardoned by the Philly DA or something, and yeah. it was like, yeah, no. People in Philadelphia fucking love Meek Mill. I feel yeah. like this would work. I, yeah, yeah. I have no problems with this plan so far. Yeah, it, it, it is funny because it just like it did give me um, like it reminded me of like a almost like a more like cleaned up version of like Billy McFarlane and Ja Rule doing Fire Festival. It was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it was like Andre DeRocian and Meek Mill giving out fucking COVID vaccinations. First we vaccinate Meek Mill, then yeah, we yeah. profit. <laughs> Imagine if somebody from like 2015 just saw like a glimpse of the future and it was just check one on somebody's to-do list and it said first vaccinate Meek Mill. And, you're just like, <laughs> and then like the time portal closes up. You're like, oh, no, what was that? What does that mean? Like, <laughs> Oh, man. So at this point, I, I was thinking about how funny it would be if, like, he's giving this thing about rolling uh, vaccination. And we'll get into what he's what he says next. Basically, he says uh, he says this is this is quote. This is a holy Elon Musk shooting for the heavens type of thing. DeRoshan said, we're going to have a preemptive strike on vac- vaccines and basically beat everybody in Philadelphia to it. So that's that's the spirit. You know, like, I, yeah, I, I, I no, vac- number of red flags in there, but yeah. all right. At least you're enthusiastic, I guess. Yeah, and then uh, DeRoshan described scaling up until they were managing five mass vaccination sites and 20 smaller sites scattered throughout the city. He claimed they could vaccinate between 500,000 and 1.5 million people, and they would make a lot of money doing it. Because then in this presentation, he says, and again, this is, there's audio on this. This isn't like somebody like paraphrasing what he said. He said... This now, because he's doing a PowerPoint, right? He goes, now this is the juicy slide, clicking over to the financing plan. And he turns to the crowd, how are we going to get paid? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Which I imagine he said like this. Oh, another Philly quote I forgot to leave out. When he started Philly fighting COVID, he said, we're going to fight Philly. We're going to fight COVID the way Philly fights with our hands. <laughs> <laughs> That kind of rules. I like yeah, that one. I'm not gonna lie. I would have, like, if I was on the Philadelphia Board of Health, maybe I'd be like, okay, all right, I jump up and high five the Sylvester Stallone statue every day. <laughs> Absolutely. Have you, man? My um, my brother used to live in Philadelphia, and uh, I I'll just say every single dog in the city of Philadelphia is named Rocky. Uh, like all of them. Um, I I love that city. I like if I wasn't you know if I wasn't doing comedy or whatever, and I just could live wherever i think i would live there I, it's so great have you ever been i have not i i've, I've been I, i've driven through philly uh I, but I've, I've never actually especially haven't done, gone to comedy there like hung out they there. do they do fight with their hands yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely the vibe of philadelphia the whole yeah. city smells like piss it, it, it's so good i love it there yeah uh, one of the the, the a bartender here in town I love very much is from Philadelphia and she's just the best. And she'd be like, uh, Oh, Hey, what do you want? A, uh, a, a whiskey soda water? <laughs> I was like, Oh, Oh, you have such a beautiful face and such a trash accent. I love you so much. It's, yeah. No, it's Philadelphia to me is it's like, it's like new Orleans, but full of like cops and construction workers. Like that's, <laughs> but it's like, it has that sort of like party, like kind of gross party city yeah. vibe and like, hyper regional but then yeah it's also like a big sort of industrial t- it's great i love yeah. it uh they they did not deserve to have this guy scam them for sure for sure <laughs> uh yeah because he said he said the so how are we going to get paid he explained the vaccine doses were free provided by the federal government and i god bless the fact that there's a step b after that okay check this out the vaccine doses are free right like and that should right. that should just be where you stop talking like <laughs> that should just that shouldn't be where where it goes. So 
He claimed they could vaccinate between 500,000, 1.5 million people. So he says, which now, by the way, 1.5 million people is about the population of Philly. So yeah, he's yeah. making a really big claim. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, I didn't even check the Philadelphia. Uh, I, I figured it'd be more than that. I mean, that's just the city itself. Like the metro. Oh, yeah. Bigger, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, like I he's, he's a, saying he can, he can vaccinate at, at minimum a third of the city. Yeah. That's yeah. It's substantial for sure. You know, like, and so he said, uh, but he said, now the uh, the vaccine doses were free, provided by the federal government. But Philly fighting COVID could bill insurance companies twenty four dollars a dose for administering it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And ding, ding, ding. We're back in. We're back in scam territory. Or like, yeah. It's it's just funny. Like right, we're seeing where you just where it goes beyond the pale, and you land like in fucking scam artist territory. Yep. Yeah. Always so good. So he said his. Uh, yeah. So he, he says that, and then he goes. Uh, and this is a quote. I just told you how many vaccines we wanted to do the math in your head. So he tells that to the crowd. So, I mean, you know, if you look at it, like just a million, that's, that's possibly $24 million. If he's doing, you know, uh, you know, 1.5 million, you're looking at $36 million. Like it was, it was set up. It was going to be very profitable. Yeah. Uh, so he does roughly the same pitch the next month uh, on 11-7, uh, November 7th, 20 uh, of the year 2020. He made a similar pitch to the Philadelphia City Council. This one had a better presentation, colorful maps, and a proposed $2.7 million budget. So, And presumably not the slide about how are we going to get paid. But maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's just like, how are we going to get paid? Oh, I, I should have took that out. Hold on. Okay. Like, <laughs> please disregard the Photoshop me in the Monopoly hat. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he definitely really pulled a Lyle Landley on these guys, man. This is like has monorail written all over it. Um, you know, I, you know, I know he's a Drexel University graduate. There's not a lot of information about his early life. I I hope he's from Philly, just oddly enough, because wherever else he's from is going to fuck up that repu- that city's reputation in Philly for a very long time. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably from Philly, but yeah. yeah I, let's hope. This is, if, if he wasn't, you would probably be best to not tell anybody you were from where he's from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, bro, I've never even heard of Centerville, Ohio. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the, so his... Uh, so it does the thing, yeah, with a $2.7 million proposed budget, the Philadelphia City Council um, is who, you know, who he proposed to. He said his team at Philly Fighting COVID had already begun submitting plans for building out five high-capacity sites that could take up to 10,000 patients a day. And Philly Fighting COVID's promise of efficiently vaccinating the population was an alluring one as city leaders were desperate to pull out of the pandemic. Um, basically, like... The, the the COVID was getting hit really hit was getting hit really heavy. Uh, kind of had a a few rollout problems with programs like the year before, and you know again like as the private sector likes to do, they started pinning these problems on you know bloated government red tape. And I'm not saying that the bureaucracy that runs Philadelphia is perfect, but like uh, I I'll I'll even go further and say I don't know a damn thing about it. But <laughs> I will say that DeRoshan, uh he approached it just like a tech bro kind of startup guy would. He said, look, we're engineers. We're scientists, computer scientists. <laughs> so just in case you were thinking we were something different. Uh, he goes, we're scientists, computer scientists. We're cybersecurity nerds. We think a little differently than people in healthcare. Which, like, that's not, I don't, that's not, that's good. not good. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I know what he's trying to say. And he's, he's sort of falling back on like the same, um, it's honestly kind of a similar thing to Elizabeth Holmes because she was trying to get into healthcare too. And it's like this idea of like that healthcare is somehow inherently bureaucratic and you need these people to come innovate it. And yeah. it's like, no, the reason it's so complicated is because the more complicated you make it, the more points there are at which to make money off of people. So, That's why 100%. it's complicated. Yeah. It's not like you're not like innovating a new way. You're just making yourself the middleman. That's yep. all. Like yeah. there's no uh, efficiencies to be found here unless they are somehow going to make people money. Like that's 
the I don't know. It, it, yeah. they, but he's but he's he's doing that thing of like, and it happens in all of these other industries. It happens with Uber. It happens yeah. with WeWork. Like this positioning yourself as a tech company when you don't actually do anything related to tech. But yeah, it's, yeah. It, it tricks people. It tricks people into thinking that you have some kind of innovation or insight when yeah. you present yourself like a tech company. It's like, oh no, we're cybersecurity. We're we're computer scientists. It's like, well, this is a public health thing. Yeah, like, this yeah, is yeah. The, the task that is set before us to vaccinate a huge number of the population is the same task that was set before us 75 years ago with polio. Like, it's yeah. the same thing. It's not, there's nothing new about it. It's yeah. just that you need robust public institutions and good public health education and infrastructure to make it work. I'm sorry I'm going on a rant. It's just yeah. these people <laughs> fucking drive me crazy. They're nuts. <laughs> and, and it just keeps happening. And like what's it's so wild. And we and again, we talk about this a lot with like some of the, the topics we've had lately. But like I don't know what it is about that's the one thing people want are so quick to like break with experts on is like the human body. And it's like that's the thing you need the most expertise on. And I don't like I don't know what urge that is because it's like I remember, like, okay, when all this stuff was happening, we had some really nice people who let us in our house. Um, and at one point, though, I did mention that a uh, that the city had announced a boil notice, and like, mm-hmm. like two people in the room were like, "I don't know, fuck that, I don't know, I don't trust them." And I was like, "Well, hold what on, does that mean? you don't trust them." Like, like it'd be one uh, thing if you always boiled your water. Yeah, they were like, but them. they. Were, they were saying that earlier, so like, what are they saying that now? And luckily, like within Do seconds. Do they think there's like secret stuff that'll make you like stronger in the uh, yeah, water? Yeah. They're trying they to keep you us, sick, yeah. but <laughs> they just don't want us getting all the vitamins and getting the lasers. Exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's so weird. I like. I think what it is though is is it feels so personal. It feels like how could you not know your own body? It's your body. How could anyone know it better than you? And so yeah. I think people get very like yeah, they get super touchy about it, and it's like. You literally like the fact that it is your body makes it like there's you, there's no objective data for you to have because it's your body. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, man. I yeah, like it's it's uh it it is wild. And that's like the one yeah that people are just really quick to just so, like it's even like the boil notice thing that like they they the tide turned in just a few moments and like they were like sure. yeah we'll boil the water, <laughs> but there was definitely like a little and I mean I get it we've been being kind of like bullshitted by the city for the last week you know and like, that's Wait, like, why I, would you why would yeah. you trust a government that let you sit in the dark with no water for a week like I it, I get why that undermines yeah. people's faith in the system yeah. And, and yeah, but like what it is with like we so we did the with the two we've done two wellness guru stories like uh, here recently, and it, it is really yeah. As long as I, we all know somebody like that. If you like, if you tell them doctors hate this thing, they love it. And there's an entire click, it, yeah. there's an entire clickbait industry based around that sentence. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want to meet the guy that like the guy that all people hate. Be like, yeah, I'm the Yale graduate who uh, doctors hate. I actually didn't do anything. I just fucked all their wives. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Doctor, yeah. Dentists hate this guy because he shit on their yard. You know, <laughs> it's just it regular like, things. I think people don't understand, like most, whatever. I mean, there are good doctors, there are bad doctors for sure. But like most doctors don't like the health insurance system we have either. It makes yeah. it really hard for them to do their jobs. Like they don't, of they don't tend to like it. Like they're not. The people who are in medical billing, like that's a whole industry that relies on the fact that our healthcare system is so complicated. But like, yeah. and, and you know, like doctors do, there are ways to make a lot of money as a doctor that are like kind of ethically corrupt. But I think from what I know, like from what I've read of surveys and just like doctors I know personally, like most of them don't like this system. So yeah. like lumping all of these people in together as like people who are trying to soak you, like, yep. I, I don't think that's necessarily true of like the person you go see when you have a sore throat. Like that guy is probably somebody you can trust, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, it's it is so weird. And, like growing up military, like we me and my sister, we just went to the clinic. Like, you know, like and I I remember like yeah. watching the healthcare debates on TV in the nineties and not a hundred percent understanding what the severity or importance or even like I was like, what are they you just go. To, you just go to the clinic. Like you just go to like you just the, go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like yeah. Got... No, that's how I felt as a kid too. Because my dad works for the federal government, so I had I had <coughs> federal health insurance coverage, which is like it's the best. It's yeah. so easy, and everything's yeah. super straightforward. And then yeah, it's you realize as you get older, like oh, that's not what that's not what most people have. Yeah. Speaking about the medical industry, anybody who's listened for the show a long time for uh, a significant portion of time 
at one point, I like there was a show that was on on like the CW, and it was that like. Everwood, Colorado or whatever. And it was like Tree Williams played a really rich doctor who went to a small town that his wife like saw on a postcard once and then she died. So he goes back and opens up a clinic and starts offering free medical service. And then like the the other doctor in town is portrayed as the bad guy. And I, I asked in the show, hey, why was that guy portrayed as the bad guy? Did he like offer him a job? Because I only watched the first episode. So if anybody <laughs> knows what his plan for not ruining that guy's life was. <laughs> like, and also, yeah. if you... That's been bugging me. I could probably look it up. I'm I'm busy. All right. So anyway, I've always wanted to know that. I was like, I was like, I watched the first episode and I was like, God, that guy's fucked. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, no, that guy, like, I can see why that guy's annoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. This stranger just came in and undercut his entire business. Yeah. All he's right. like is completely portrayed as the bad guy, at least in that first episode. So like, <laughs> anyways. But uh so another great quote from our boy DeRotion here. Uh this is just something I don't I kind of get what he's trying to say, but it just, it sounds like that thing where it's like, oh, this is the dumbest sentence you can make using words that are somewhat pertinent. So he sure. goes, we took the entire, because he talks about how we think a little differently than people in healthcare right. do. And then he says, uh, we took the entire model and just threw it out the window. We said to hell with all of that. We're going to completely build on a new model that is based on a factory, period, end quote. I have no clue what the fuck that means. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> meaningless. I think yeah. what we got to do is we have to get like, we have to get like one of these tech dudes to just put into tech language, single payer healthcare and present it in this way. Yeah. And yeah. then everybody, yeah. all of these idiots will be on board. Like they'll find a way to do it. Yeah. I think it can be done. Yeah. Um, just talk about Elon Musk more like this. Guy yeah. yeah. Right. They would have to like, just, if they could just like sneakily shorten, like, I don't know, like the Department of Health into like, like shorten their name into like a, like a startup sound. And it's like, you know, like, like, uh, yeah, it's we, like health with no vowels. It's yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we hear it death help, D E T H L P, and it's like, just don't. <laughs> and just like kind of minimize like the little stamp, like treasury secretary looking thing that it has. Like, do some minimalization on that. And just give it like like one star and like a red and blue dash. And then it's just like, yeah, here we hear it, Dep Health. And you're like, oh, that sounds tight. And it turns out it's just nationalized health insurance. Like, yeah, we can do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so at this point, so of course, he lands a deal. With Philadelphia, that's why we're here. He lands a deal with the public health department and uh, Mayor Jim Kenney's administration. The city never find a formal contract, signed a formal contract with Philly fighting COVID, or gave the organization any money. But it did provide its unofficial sanction and publicity. Moreover, most importantly, the city turned over part of its vaccine allotment to the group and helped it find recipients by sharing lists of residents who were now newly eligible for the vaccine based on the city's own prioritization scheme. So. The city relied on the fact that Philly fighting COVID had registered as a vaccine provider with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. On January 8th, Dorishan and Kenny stood side by side at a press conference to kick off the first mass vaccination clinic at the Pennsylvania Convention Center. It was targeted at healthcare workers not affiliated with major hospitals, such as home health aides, doctors, mm. nurses, or therapists in private practice. Again, I don't know if that's actually good but i could see hearing that and being like oh that's tight i don't know they're get, helping out the little guy unless i'm also very stupid i don't know what that means so no i think that i think that's well-meaning because it is like i so my my brother's uh fiance is a nurse and like she got vaccinated through the hospital she works at and like they had an entire vaccine rollout for their employees but if you're a home health aide or something you might you might be eligible but not have like your hr person emailing you because you don't have an hr person yeah so like yeah oh yeah that okay makes sense to me yeah um it also is kind of funny because it's like i mean the whole problem with this is that they aren't really qualified to be doing it so it's like you're vaccinating people who are qualified to do it. So yeah. I guess they can tell you if you were doing it wrong. Like, yeah. They, well, they will say that people who did have like healthcare knowledge, who who worked a day or two at these facilities were kind of taken aback by some of the shit they saw. We'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what he said, uh, yeah. So he goes now, which this is uh, uh, DeRoshan quoting, uh, talking to the press here. He said, what you see here is the problem that we've been solving for six months. This is the problem of vaccinating the entire population of, of people on a scale that's never been seen before in the history of our species. And I just like, Not true. Not yeah, true. Yeah. We had a smallpox vaccine. We literally eliminated smallpox. Yeah, yeah. Like, not true. But in all right, man. Of our species, yeah. Uh, Kenny was also hopeful that the arrangement would help diversify the racial breakdown. This is the mayor, of course. 
Uh, would diversify diversify the racial breakdown of vaccine recipients. At that point, only 12% of vaccinated Philadelphians were black in a city where 44% of the residents are black. So, like, I, I, I'm sure if you dig into those numbers in other cities, it's fucked all over on that one, but Philadelphia was trying to get ahead of that. And that's, yeah, the, that's what they thought. I remember reading about that, too, with, with Philadelphia. Is, is Andre DeRoshan black as well? No, Andre DeRoshan is... Uh, white. I mean, he's not, he's not white, but like the, the spelling of his name is Andre, like D R E I, and uh, DeRosha. I'm thinking, so I'm thinking it's he's like, like Eastern European. Yeah, Eastern European. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we want to get all fucking genetic about him, yeah, he's definitely white. He's a white American. Uh, so equitable. Now, this is what Kenny said at the January 8th kickoff event. He said, equitable distribution of this vaccine is extremely important to our entire administration. Uh, but in an early sign of trouble, Philly fighting COVID failed to verify its progress on the equity goal. After the first vaccine event at which 2,500 doses were administered, city council president, Daryl Clark requested the demographic breakdown of the recipients, but the health department told him that Philly fighting COVID had somehow lost all of the racial and ethnic data for its patients. Uh, and the group was blaming and, Man, my my least favorite thing in the world is when people in charge remind me of myself because <laughs> that's when, that's when I get the most scared. It happened a lot during the Trump presidency when people would just be like, "Oh yeah, he was tweeting on the toilet at four a.m." and I'm like, "Dear God, I do that, and I shouldn't be in charge of anything." So, in, in a case of that happening again, uh, the group blamed quote a glitch in the Amazon cloud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all just it got stuck in the cloud. Bro, it's up there in that cloud. Have y'all looked up there lately? Dusty as shit. <laughs> Man, they really got to clean that cloud out. because They got all, my- all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All my racial data is probably behind like a stack of nudie mags or something. I don't know what it looks like up there. <laughs> uh, so still, the city continued to turn over thousands of vaccine doses to Philly fighting COVID. So already out the gate they're fucking up they're blaming amazon glitches dogs are eating homework and you know still the city <laughs> continued to turn over thousands of vaccine doses to philly fighting covid uh now the investigations have revealed that in december just before now you'll, you'll start to see a back off of you know remember they were taking care of testing and vaccinations mm-hmm. well it's like as soon as they started rolling these vaccines out and getting that 24 dollars a pop from the insurance companies or at least you know having the getting you know the, the bill for it or the, you know, the, or the, uh, the invoice for it where they can retrieve it. It's like, as soon as that started happening, they backed off all of their other engagements. And yeah. They, they just they, like lost interest in doing everything else. Cause it wasn't as profitable. Yeah. 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 And you know, and again, like I hate that about myself. I also have like a cool little passion project or I'll be like helping a friend do something. And then I get a job and I'm like, Oh, actually, well, I gotta go do the thing that t- gets me money now. And again, yep. that's why I don't like people like me being in charge. So like, <laughs> I'm just here to lead by, like, anti-example. Um, <laughs> the investigation revealed that in December, uh, just before Philly Fighting COVID began its vaccination work, it reorganized and became a for-profit company. <laughs> so you, Oh, you, how convenient that yeah, they did this right just before do they that. started making money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's like, damn, the money changed you. It's like, uh, well, no, sir, technically we changed before we had the money. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we just made the necessary yeah. adjustments to let the money change yeah. us. <laughs> What am I going to do? Not let the money change me and just prove history wrong? You know, like, then <laughs> then we have to change the figure of speech. Then where are we? You know, <laughs> I'm just here for a little blessed consistency in such a crazy time. <laughs> I want to make sure, like, as society's expectations of young startup billionaires never raise. Or, you know, like, exactly. Actually, uh, yeah, so he changed the company to Vax Populi, which is a play on. And again, this, this is a Madison Cawthorn callback with his little. People's Equity United fucking drywaller buildings, <laughs> whatever he called his company, where it was like the, the real estate company, and it was like yeah. the people, the people in the Roman Senate, you know. Uh, yeah, I d- uh, Inri, I think it was. I think it was I N R I. Yeah, DPQR. Yeah, yeah. It was DPQR. Inri is the the what's on the. Uh, if you get a tattoo of Christ on the cross, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah that, that's Henry, yeah. Yeah, that's Henry. It's DPQR, was it? So I started a business that's called, uh, uh, fucking, you know, Long Live Caesar. We do aluminum siding. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Thousand-year Reich pool cleaning business. All right, I'm done. Um, so, yeah, so he but he called it Vax Populi. It was a play on um, the, uh, the Latin phrase uh, Vox Populi, meaning voice mm-hmm. of the people. And um, they had changed it to that. But uh, when they did that, because now they're a for-profit company, they completely um, 
bailed on all of the months-long planned events they'd been doing that were city-funded events, by the way, for ramping up uh, testing in underserved neighborhoods. But in J- so in January, it shuttered those operations, leaving its partner organizations in the lurch, which are all community outreach, community planning, grassroots organizations that were right. working with them to get them like the access and like the credibility in these neighborhoods they supposedly wanted to help. Right. And the group posted this decision on social media just a few days later after the convention center kickoff, which is their max their their mass vaccination uh, center. Several groups that have been partnering with Philly Fighting COVID on testing events claim they received little to no notice jeopardizing plans for testing in communities of color. Um, according to the pastor of Salt and Light Church in Southwest Philly, a guy named Sean James, he said they completely ghosted us. Uh, they had been planning a series of pop-up testing events with Philly Fighting COVID. Uh, a guy named Michael Brown had been working with the group to organize a testing event on Martin Luther King Day. Uh, he says Dorshin told the group that it wasn't important anymore. Just Jesus. all days, all days are bailed, bad to bail on, bro. But come on, <laughs> like, that's just, right. Yeah, you got to yeah. at least think about the optics of that one, even yeah. if you're trying to make money. Like, good grief. So he said that this is um. I believe yeah, this is this is uh, still uh, Brown. This is Michael Brown, the guy who was working on the MLK Day event. He said the statement he made was very clear. He said, I don't believe, because it was a mass testing event. He said, I don't believe that testing is relevant anymore. This is what uh, Homeboy told him. I don't believe testing is relevant anymore. People don't follow the instructions. People don't do what they're supposed to. All it does is cause, and Brown took a moment, he said, point, he caused, quote, unquote, this is what he told me. All it does is cause panic. So, like, basically you're looking at, like, like, and then Brown goes on to talk about the, problems with rolling out a mass vaccination in like heavily black and brown communities and the fact that like they've had that happen before and it wasn't always the truth it wasn't you know like there's a long storied history of the government being like oh hey here's a a public health initiative we're doing in your neighborhood and and it having the most nefarious actual motivations and goals you know yeah now there's not just one incident there's there's dozens you can look them up it's not a i I want to recommend if uh if anybody's interested in that kind of stuff um the podcast You're Wrong About did a really good series about the Tuskegee syphilis experiments, which is one of the most famous yeah. instances of, of kind of mistreatment by of uh, black Americans by like pu- national public health initiatives. It's uh it's a really awful story and it's relatively recent history and yeah. <laughs> kind of makes sense why these communities are a little bit hesitant about um, these kinds of public health interventions. Yeah. And, um, and so you, you, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, that's all just, yeah. it's called you're wrong about. It's really good. Anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. And like, so you would think that like, you know, that like that a testing event would be positive because it's like, Hey, you guys are doing a mass testing event. Hey, my man, I want to tell you, you have tested positive for COVID. You know what I'm saying? It, it starts the conversation. It starts the, you know, it, it gets the thing, it gets the thing started. And if the company, right, it's not, it's not just a shot in your arm and walk away. It's information. Yeah. It's, it's information it's exactly. about whether you have COVID or not. Yeah. And then like here, when, when you go to get screened, to get tested, they ask you about your symptoms in thus you learn about the symptoms of COVID, like all yeah. of these kind of basic public health education things yeah. happen. And, and, and then you would assume that when, after going through the testing process and having that go smoothly and have people there treat you decently, you would probably be more likely to get the vaccine. Yep. Yeah, it, it, exactly. It's it's that it's it's just a simple matter of just like acting as the stepping stone, acting as the you know the the the, the door, the portal to get people to this information. And you know, as soon as he had the city, the, the city's cooperation and like uh, you know just the ability to make money, it was. It was gone on that. That wasn't important yeah. anymore. And it, it, it wasn't important because of his weird half made up fucking opinion on what testing does. Not because right. of, yeah, yeah, like it wasn't just, it was, oh, no, 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 that, that doesn't help anymore. It just, it just causes And also panic. like if you want to undermine people's faith in your system and how much, whether you're looking out for their community, uh, abruptly canceling an event for yeah. them oh, with yeah, no yeah. explanation is not the way to do that. Yep. Hundred percent, yeah, and so like these are things. Also, like I'm not gonna say that this is like this is something that a, a shitty, fully grown 35, 40 year old person would do, but like even if you want to give this person the benefit of the doubt and say that he wanted to help, these are again things that like again understanding optics and understanding how him not right. like like things like that. He's like, dude, you're 22 years old. Like this, like right. this idea that like we're gonna have like these like 
just supremely elite, gifted, educated people who are wonderkins and come out the gate swinging at 22, changing the world off the women idea. That's not how actually things happen. Like, like these changes are incremental, made by groups of people working together. Like, it's not one dude's gonna step up and colonize Mars for us. Like, it, it, it's just, and every time we, like, the media just falls head over heels in that trap. Like, oh, smart, charismatic white dude. Like it, 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 he's gonna change everything. It's like no, that's 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 just not how it works. That's just simply, like, very. Have you un- ever seen um the show Halt and Catch Fire? No. It's I just watched it. It's really great, but it's like, it it it's kind of about what we're talking about. Like it's so it's it's uh, set during like the 1980s, like uh, during the personal computing revolution and like kind of the start of the internet and stuff like it it takes place over 10 years and it's like there's this one character who's like he's a he's the visionary like he's the guy who's like this is what the future will look like and then there are all the other people he works with who actually do the work yeah and they are constantly (laughs) like terrorized by him because he has this vision of how things should be but he has no ability to execute and no knowledge of the sort of technical like he doesn't have any of the technical foundation to make any of it happen. And like yeah. that, and, and it's an interesting show because it sort of, it, it sort of talks about how people with that vision are necessary, but they are not really the people who can be put in sole charge of things. And that is like so much what these young sort of tech upstart, like these college dropout Elizabeth Holmes type people are is they're people with vision and no foundation. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's good to listen to young people with new perspectives. Sometimes a fresh pair of eyes on something where people aren't trained in sort of the traditional ways of doing things is really helpful, but they need to be backed with like institutional knowledge or, yeah. you, get, or you just get psychos. You get yeah, sociopaths yeah, yeah. who just see a, a profit to be made and have no ability to execute anything. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's a mess. Yeah, and it and it, and it gets uh, it gets messy <laughs> with this. So <laughs> basically, at this point, things start popping out about about the group. The the fact that it changed to a for profit on its website. The reason it changed to a for profit, what alerted people on that was a change of their privacy policy. And as it is with companies that you give your data to, when a privacy policy change happens. Um, and there's, you know, you hear about it is generally because of this reason is it now made it possible for Philly fighting COVID or Vox, Vax Populi to sell your data. So now they have this treasure trove. That's of da- what I'm clicking yes on every time I get an email yeah. from like Airbnb. That's like our yeah. terms have changed. And I'm like, yes. And they're like, yeah. great. We're oh, selling all of your data now. <laughs> oh yeah. You mean they're selling, uh, you're going to sell that, um, that demographic data that you said was lost in the cloud about racial uh, demographics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we're selling the other data that we still have. <laughs> like, like, oh, oh, the other data that's nearly as valuable as racial and demographic data. Like, uh, cool. Like they're selling the height of the people they inoculated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when, when all this, this stuff came out, the, uh, the city kind of began to back away from the group. Uh, and then just like the, the efficacy of their ground project, like of their, of their, you know, the house rolling out on the floor uh, in Philadelphia really started to, 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 to fumble and gain a lot of national spotlight. At one point they talked about a, uh, a mass um, vaccination event on January 23rd, where there was literally um, 60,000 people who had signed up thinking it was like, you know, at a, still an official city site. They all got, um, erroneously sent a link to schedule an appointment to get vaccinated. So all these people are showing up thinking that they have printed out receipts in their hands for signing up for vaccination appointments and they're getting turned away at the door. Ugh, yeah. I can't imagine how frustrating that yeah. would be. Especially, I'm getting vaccinated on Monday and like girl. I just the amount of relief I felt scheduling it and how many times I have like quadruple checked all of the paperwork I need to bring. And like, I'm borrowing my friend's car. Like I had, I had to like set this whole plan in place. If I got there and they were like, oops, I would be beside myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that happened to 60,000 people. Yeah. And there was people, there was 85 year olds, 90, this was, this was a a, a report from somebody who who had volunteered there that day. She said there was literally 85-year-olds, 95-year-old people standing there with printed appointment confirmation saying, I don't understand why I can't get vaccinated. Oh. On, Jan- on January 23rd, volunteer Katrina, volunteer nurse Katrina Lipinski, who I'm sure was also a regular-ass nurse, so this probably was like in, in addition to her regular long-ass fucking nurse week, was also out there being a free nurse. I, you know, These are the formal terms I use in my head. But uh, 
So on January 23rd, volunteer nurse Katrina Lipinski was helping at one of Philly fighting COVID's vaccination events. She said that about half an hour before the event scheduled end, staffers started telling volunteers and other workers to call anyone they knew to come in for a shot because there was going to be extras. This is on the same day they saw 85, 95-year-olds standing outside. Right. So they'd already turned all these people away? Yeah. She then saw DeRoshan grab a handful of vaccines and stuff them in his bag, along with the corresponding (laughs) CDC vaccination record cards. She said the idea of someone who's not a licensed healthcare professional vaccinating their own friend or without an observation period, that certainly was not the right thing to do. Yeah, Dorosh- that's a full-on crime. Yeah. That's a crime. Doroshin initially denied L- L- um, Lipinski's account, but eventually admitted that he took some doses home during a January 28th interview on NBC's Today Show. He said they called everybody they could. He goes, yo, those... those those things were either going in an arm or they were going in the trash. And they're like, did you make any effort to contact people who were like, you know, in at risk populations who were old, who were this or that, or did you vaccinate your young, healthy friends? And he was just like, I mean, basically, basically he was like, look, I, I tried every Avenue to find the people I knew. I wasn't gonna let those vaccinations go to waste. I stand by what I did. Well, it's like, then why'd you initially deny it? Like if, if you knew yeah. everything was on the up and up, then, you know, you did initially deny it. So that's, that's, Obviously knows you don't know what you're talking about, or you know you're you're looking at this wrong. But well, then just like the fact that you turned all these people away because you fucked up. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna make any effort. I'm sure you have some of those people's contact information because yeah. your website has all their data or whatever. So yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you probably could have called some of them. He's like, but how can I call them if I don't know their race? You know. <laughs> <laughs> How am I gonna know what greeting to say when they pick up the phone? Like, you know, like, <laughs> I'm telling you, all the racial data is in the cloud. Oh, this poor, <laughs> this poor guy, man. So, uh, so the city basically the, the 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 Farley, the chief of like the health department in Philadelphia. Um, like, I almost kind of feel for the guy because. I don't know, like, people are conditioned to think that, like, the private sector can step in and just save the world. And I'm not saying, obviously, it's his decision to realize that. It's his job to realize that's fucking dumb. But right. he said, I hope people can understand why on the surface this looked like a good thing. He was like, they they had nailed the uh, their vaccinations or their testing center, and they had nailed the PPE rollout. He's like, in retrospect, we should have been more careful right. with this organization. Which, yeah, yeah, you should have. Um, yeah. Now... The city uh, now he has uh, very recently um, uh, our, our our man uh, Deroshan, uh he has recently come out with a with a with a statement because uh, they are calling for an investigation into him. So this is still very recent. This is all unfolding. This was still unfolding in February, but um, yeah. now very recently he came out with a statement uh, to the donors. Um, it was. Not kind of an, he says this is an apology, never says sorry. He goes, Dear donor, I'm reaching out to you because you believed in us. Dear donor, not like this is this is who he's apologizing to. The apology is not to the people of Philadelphia, it's dear donor. Right. I, I'm reaching out because you believed in us. We were uh, you believed us. We were out there trying to help Philadelphians through this pandemic. But first, there is an apology. Um, there were some minor administrative decisions that were the fodder that was needed for competitors and other groups that did not share our interests to shut us down and personally discredit me and my team. Philadelphians. Yeah, are that's the one- not an yeah. apology. That is that, yeah, incredibly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is. Oh, so we made some mistakes, and you're perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. That is. <laughs> huh? Your son? Yeah, you got. He got a DUI, didn't he? You know, they just like just getting on just personal shit. Uh, so Philadelphians were the one most hurt in this. We are devastated about it. Uh, but. I will get back to you, but for the time being, I will be focusing my attention on money owed and recovering the good of our names. Thank you for your concern and your support, Andre. Now, they talked to a guy who worked closely in the rollout, who worked closely as like a liaison with uh, him in the city. And uh, he said he's fairly certain that that when he says we're, we're going to try to uh, recover uh, money owed, he's like he almost certainly means to the organization and the donor. Like, not to the city, not to any of that. He's like, I'm almost a thousand percent sure that's what he's saying, which it does sound like Like, that. he's not saying we're going to pay you back. He's yeah. saying like we're, we're, we're going we're, to bill all those insurance companies and get yeah. that money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to help you out the city, the city. You know, so um, basically the, the, what this goes into is it, obviously it, it touches on just the condition of American health care as it is. But um City council member, uh, Philadelphia city council member, Helen Jim, or <laughs> Helen Geim. You know, it's like the Homer Jim Geim thing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but so she she said a quote, which I just think kind of sums all this up. She said, it certainly shows why we need a real public health care system. That's the end of the quote. Yeah. 
that sums it up that about this sums should it not up? be this should not be a place where people are identifying uh potential profits in the yeah. supply chain that's yeah, should, the problem shouldn't be I, I was reading some of the online discourse about this and there's always gonna get those like private sector defenders and i saw that, like i didn't have to look very far like two or three comments under somebody it was like the guy was like well that's why you know uh the, the uh, private sector just runs better he goes the, what did he say he said the um yeah, the same thing. The, the the U.S. Post Office hasn't had a return, uh, seen a, po- a po- profitable return in years. And it's like, yeah, but we all got our mail, though. We all got our mail right. and all the employees got paid. I don't see what the what the fuck else does it need? <laughs> you know, what, like, what, who is making a profit? Like, why do we need somebody to be making a profit off of that? Yeah, yeah it's things. Are, it, th- there are reasons to um, invest in things that are not just to get more money out of them. Like, yeah. If, if you think about, I think about this a lot with the New York City subway system, right? It's like, uh, yeah, it, it maybe isn't profitable, but it gets people to their jobs where they make a profit. Yeah, like where they, they create the profit, when the, yeah. when the trains don't work and everybody in the entire city is 20 minutes late for work, yeah. you lose several million man hours of work yep. and therefore you lose money. Like this, the economy gets smaller and yeah. like... Yeah, the economy gets a lot smaller when half a million people are dead. Like yep. there are yeah, reasons yeah, yeah. why yeah, we I'll... need to figure even even the most cold-hearted capitalist reasons, which like obviously yeah. I don't I think half a million people shouldn't be dead anyway, but even if you're looking at it from a profit standpoint, it's like yeah. there are some things that need to function at a loss in order to keep everything else going. Yeah, that, that that's just like that's like business management 101. Like it, it it's it, it is so funny. It's like 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 again, I always try to like leverage Le- or leverage the the the, the I, what I see it to be as benefits. Um, so, like friends of mine who have differing political viewpoints to me, I try to leverage it in the, in the most capitalist way possible. I'm like, we're right, get, we're getting taken for a ride. Like we we just gave them all this fucking money, and like we have to give them the money. Like we're literally there's two things that are certain in this world, and one of them is that we have to give them the money. <laughs> right. like, that's like 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 you know for ages that's that's been a saying, and we have to give them the money. We might as well fucking get something for it. You know, like what are we right. getting out? I don't know, man. Doesn't make any sense to me, um, but yeah, worth it? No, no, not worth it. Uh, this looks like this guy's gonna be in a lot of trouble. I hope, uh, hopefully. Yeah. You know? Do we know anything? Is he gonna be charged with anything, or is he this, just having his contracts taken away? They are lo- uh, looking into basically the uh, the handling of the of the vaccines. Like the way he handled that can be a crime. Um, the changing of the data policy after people have already mm-hmm. signed up can kind of like, like there could probably be some legal issues there. Uh, a big thing is the, the, the taking of the vaccinations from the vaccination site and then admitting that yeah. he administered them on his friends. Um, yeah. But apparently it's, it's all fair and love and war. If you just start, if you just approach the city with a tech startup to deliver vaccines and you're really bad at it, like, I mean, it's probably yeah, just, it's, they they made a bad the city made a bad business decision. That's yeah. what it's not illegal to make a bad business decision. Yeah, that's all it is. And so yeah, that, that's like so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, that's what it boils down to. Uh, this guy, I I I get big big Martin Shkreli vibes off of him. So I don't sure. think it's it's uncommon to think that he's going to be in and out of our lives. Uh, you know, like, this is like the end of the <laughs> the end of the first Nolan ba- or the end of the Dark Knight, where he's just like, <laughs> "We're gonna be doing this for a long time, you and I." <laughs> like, yeah. I have a feeling uh, oh, this show has not seen the last of uh, of Derotion. So Andre Derotion. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, that was uh, that was the story. Like, it's, it's still unfolding, still a lot going on. If you live in Philadelphia, um, I don't know, do something about it. That was stupid. I know, you know what? If you live in Philadelphia, like do what y'all do best, like huck a fucking battery at this guy. <laughs> like just like, yeah, throw a battery at him. Yeah. Vaccinate Meek Mill. Make sure Meek Mill is vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. That's very important. Uh, yeah, yeah. This, I'm very mad on your behalf, Philadelphia. This, this. Yeah, sucks. man, that shit sucks. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys, uh, that that's that's about all we can say to it because we don't, you know, not a lot of power to change that. But thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, hello. This is our first rollout on Spotify. We have a whole back catalog that we're not able to get over to Spotify at least for the time being. But it is no, on it's iTunes. On there. It's oh, on it's Spotify. On... Oh, it is. Okay, I thought that I thought yeah, it was only everything's, gonna start... everything is now on Spotify. So if oh, you're listening shit. on Spotify, thank you very much. Oh wow. Okay, cool. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, okay, cool. Well, yeah, guys, if you're on Spotify, appreciate that. We also this is we do one free episode a month, and we are 
also doing two episodes a month for our Patreon listeners. And you can actually find that. We're at patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. And you can go in there and you get access to our back catalog on there, as well as uh, two free episodes or two episodes a month uh, on the Patreon. And we're working towards, if we hit our goal of $1,000 a month on the Patreon, releasing another free episode. So it'll be kind of like... We'll be uh, weekly instead of three a month at that point. Yeah, because as we did... That's the goal. And as of this recording, we are only $100 away, I believe. We are so. set, We are $69 away, actually. Nice. <laughs> nice. I know. I don't want to change that number either, but hey, we need to. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like guys, check us out on there. I, I'm pretty sure you'll like it as we just took an hour explaining to you. Sometimes things have to operate at a loss. So please <laughs> help us, you know, pay for us to put out the fourth episode. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. Uh, but yeah, you guys can check us out there. Uh, I'm on the internet as at PZTX on Facebook and on Instagram. It's P-E-E-Z-Y-T-X. And on Twitter, the podcast is at at LCS podcast. Yeah, at LCS Podcast on Twitter. And so, uh, Kath, where can we find you? Um, I have another podcast called What a Time to Be Alive that comes out every week. It's uh, about dumb news stories, and uh, we have a Patreon for that as well. I'm Kath Barbadoro on everything, and I just started a Substack. So if you'd like to read uh, a little essay about something I like every week, or uh, sometimes I'm lazy and send you a recipe or just like a movie recommendation or something, uh, definitely check that out. KathBarbadoro.substack.com. And I think that's it. All right, Thanks guys. for listening, everybody. Yeah, thank you very much. Be safe out there. And uh, above all, though, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next time. Bye. Bye.